What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Before we get into this week's interview, which is going to be amazing, I want to give a shout out to the sponsor of this particular episode, which is Rip Nutrition. Listen, if you guys have been following me on social media and you know who I am, you know that I'm big into fitness. I'm trying to get my body back in shape and I've been doing a lot of stuff. Well, I went into Rip Nutrition myself. I stand by their products. I'm going to tell you a little bit about them. Um, I'm a big fan of what they have going on. They're a locally owned and operated hardcore supplement store here in the Treasure Valley down in Boise off of Milwaukee right by the Boise Town Square Mall. So it's a really convenient location for the Treasure Valley. They've got a lot of supplements. I went in there. I was trying to get some pre-workouts that were non-stim and, and just get a few things, some amino acids and whatnot. I was talking to the owner. Matt's awesome. He was giving me a little bit of a consultation on some of the stuff I had questions on. And they have a lot of products. So they've got the exclusive RIP series, which is awesome. Great tasting products. But they've also got exclusive and non-exclusive brands such as like Hyped Sups, Insane Labs, Bucked Up, which is hugely popular. Innova Farm, Chaotic Labs, and a lot more, right? And whether you're trying to build muscle or lose weight, or if you just need a pre-workout or a post-workout or whatever, they've got those for you. And again, like I said, they can offer free one-on-one or group supplement consultations. So if you're a player, a parent, or maybe a team who's looking to go in there and, and try to help, you know, put on some size in the off season or whatever you're trying to do and enhance your training, but do so in the right way. And, and, you know, you want to know what you're putting into your body. They can offer those consultations to you so that you can get the information that you need. Uh, they've got some great protein. They've got the high tech brand, Astroflave, true fit and mutant proteins. If you're interested in those and they do a lot of sampling of their own products and taste test the proteins before you guys buy. So it's really, really good. And they're open all week. So their hours are Monday through Friday, nine to six, Saturday, 10 to five and Sunday, 10 to four. And I'm going to put the, the information here in the description of this podcast so you guys can check it out but huge shout out to rip nutrition go check them out as we get ready for this interview we're talking about a women's lacrosse player today on the podcast an awesome interview where you're going to learn about her mental health struggles but also learn about the sport of lacrosse for women she plays over at the university of pittsburgh you're not going to want to miss this episode of the game time guru so what time is it game time this is the game time guru podcast where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's good, everybody? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. My name is Shane Larson, host of the show, 2023 is upon us, six years running into the show. At the time of this recording, I always like to do this at the beginning of each episode to share with you guys the statistics. We're currently in 179 countries, all 50 states, um, and it's continuing to grow. So appreciate everybody who's tuned in over the last six years. I want to give a massive you know, shout out and thank you to everybody who's tuned in, who's shown support of the show, who's given me a review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, or if you've been a guest on the show, thank you so much for that. So again... Appreciate all of you guys. If you haven't done so already, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and follow this on YouTube as I'll be building out the YouTube platform in 2023, trying to get more traction on that front as well so that people can see the video content as well as hearing the audio content. Um, I want to give a, a reminder, if you guys are entrepreneurs of any sort, uh, the episode here is being brought to you by ClickFunnels. So if you guys go into the link in my description, you want to use ClickFunnels for your business. If you're trying to build a landing page, get leads for your business. I got a discounted price here for an annual price that you can get for ClickFunnels. I'd highly encourage any entrepreneur or business owner to check it out. Go click the link in the description and you'll know what I'm talking about. So it's been a couple of years now on the show before I get into introducing our guest. It's, it's well, it's kind of introducing her right now, but it's been a few years since I've actually talked about the sport of lacrosse at all. Um, and it's been, I think, four years. Um, yeah, since we've had a, a lacrosse player, maybe two or three. We've only had two episodes on the show where I've interviewed a, a lacrosse player and a lacrosse coach. This is the first time I've had a female lacrosse player. We're talking about women's lacrosse today. And uh, I'm really excited about this because there's a lot more than just the sport of lacrosse we're going to be talking about. We're going to be unpacking a couple of different things as well. Um, but joining me is a sophomore over at Pitt, the University of Pittsburgh, Pitt. Um, her name is Kiera Feibush, and uh, she's going to be talking about her story. So, Kiera, thanks so much for joining the show. Of course. So cool to have you on here. Um, I first came across your story, obviously, like going through the hidden opponent. And I actually had somebody on my show that introduced me to the hidden opponent. And then I went out of the hidden opponent. And I was like checking out different stories. And that's how I came across yours. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is rad. So I kind of wanted to like I became intrigued with your story there. But um, that's why I'm glad to have you on the show. I got to give a shout out to the hidden opponent. Um, 
and, and just thank them for, you know, having a platform as well, because I saw your story there, but Kira, let's rewind the clock. Uh, before yeah. you became a sophomore at Pitt, I want to rewind the clock, get to learn more about you and your athletic career and when it all started. So let's talk about that. Like, when did you get into athletics and when did you know that lacrosse, which I'm in Idaho, so I'm on the other side of the country. It's not that popular over here. It's getting there, but the yeah, West Coast doesn't really, it doesn't have yeah. the same feel as the East, right? Yeah. So talk to us about lacrosse and how you got in, introduced to the sport and, you know, when you actually started, you know, playing. So I've always been playing sports like throughout my childhood. I think I started off playing soccer when I was really little, like the little kid soccer and everyone would just run around the ball and just all that stuff. But um, my dad played at a community college in, in like when he was in college. I'm not sure what school, but um, I just like picked up the stick. I think in second grade, I would always go to like my high school little camps and I would go with my older sister and we would just play there. And then I joined like the PAL. And at the time I was also playing uh, softball. And then like the one pivotal moment I remember with lacrosse is like softball and lacrosse are in the same season. So I would be going back and forth. And uh, I think it was probably in, like, third or fourth grade. I, like, said to my dad, I was, like, softball is, like, too boring. Like, it just gets in the way of lacrosse. Like, I just want to play lacrosse now. So, like, from that moment, I think I really, like, locked into lacrosse and just, like, just focused on that because um, on the island, it's it's a huge sport. Like, everyone plays it. Like, there's so many travel teams. And then, like, sixth grade, I my dad mentioned – um like joining a travel team and I kind of like at first I like brushed it off and I was like no I don't think I like really want to join like this travel team like I don't think I'm gonna make it and then I tried out and the first year I was put on the lowest team like the it was like a mixed team between like older kids and younger kids like it was kind of just like like you're there just because you like you tried out you know and then the next year they moved me up to the top like the higher team and then that's like really when I started like focusing in like I want to play D1 like that's my dream to play D1 and just make this like my lacrosse career you know that's cool okay so starting to it that that that's an interesting concept though because every kid has to kind of if you're a multi-sport athlete you kind of have to figure that out at some point like when is yeah. the point where you have to kind of shift your focus towards one I actually was just talking to one of the moms of a, a kid who's playing high school basketball Mm -hmm. um, here locally in Idaho and he's a sophomore, but he's making that decision now. Cause he's, you know, football and, and basketball are kind of his, his big sports, but he's starting to make that change. And so next year will be the first year that he actually goes just to one because eventually you gotta, you gotta put, put the time into one. If you, if you really want to yeah. go to that next level, you know, I want to talk about your experience on the travel team though. Um, there's a lot of sports that like mm -hmm. club teams and travel teams like are extremely, um, beneficial for kids uh, it, all athletes, just because, you know, it, you get to see a lot of competition out there. I want to know about it from the, the lacrosse side of things. Did you feel like it was beneficial for your development as a lacrosse player? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I played for, um, the Long Island Yellow Jackets. So, I mean, that is, uh, that's like one of the, the top tier teams and it was just so intense and the talent on that team is incredible. But I want to say like, Lacrosse-wise, it helped me a lot, but with that team, I wasn't really close with any of my players, so I honestly, I kind of, like, sometimes, like, dreaded going to practice and um, going to, like, travel games and everything because I wasn't really close with them, but, like, if you compare that to high school, like, my high school team, like, I was best friends with everyone, and, like, I, I was, like, I wasn't really myself on that team, which was a little tough, but, like, now, if you look like at Pitt, like it's how I was in high school. Like I'm close with every kid on the team. Like I could be myself, and it's just like, it's just like a different. Like when I feel like when I'm close with my play, my teammates, and like just can be myself. Like I just enjoy the game a lot more because I I remember like just not really liking the game of lacrosse as much in my travel time. I can totally understand that. Yeah. I and, and and that's I'm glad you brought that up and just being honest about it, right? Because. Well, here's the other thing I want to ask, like, did you feel, so you felt like it was good for your development, but as far as like the friendships and the relationships and the love of the sport, you might not have had it as much just yeah, because exactly. it was a different dynamic. Cause I coach club basketball for the seniors in high school, um, around here and we travel across the country and, and play mm -hmm. and whatnot. 
and it's just interesting to me because when I was in high school back in the day, um, I mean, 34 now, I've been graduating for these <laughs> ways, dude. I, I was 17 when I graduated, so it's yeah. been a minute. So, holy cow, I am old now. So, <laughs> but even back then, like, the travel teams were really good for your development. You, you had some good experiences because you're traveling to different places. You're playing really good competition. Yeah. Um, you do make friendships if you, you know, but not everybody meshes because in high school we were all buds and like, we didn't want to be friends with the other competing high schools and stuff. Yeah. But you go to the travel teams, you're bringing everybody together and you're like, oh, I hated you for like three months in the season. <laughs> and so, yeah, so with that team, like a lot of kids knew each other from high school and stuff like that. Like they knew each other beforehand and, I was the only one on my team from my town. So, like, I went in there, like, not really knowing anyone, you know. So, uh, it was a little tough, yeah. But, that is brutal. That is brutal. Yeah. So, it is a different dynamic. So, I know I'm glad yeah. we could kind of talk about that for a second just because, yeah, it's just travel sports are kind of how it is. Now, yeah. I want to talk about – so, the the sport of lacrosse, um, what was your high school experience like for women's lacrosse? Because that's not even, like, a thing here in Idaho. So, I want you to open up to us. Let us know, like, how was lacrosse in high school for you guys? Like, was it pretty competitive? Uh, how was your team? How did your team do? How did you, you know, perform on the field and so forth? So like, talk to us about how that was for you in high school. Yeah. So, I mean, so I'm, I'm in Suffolk County of Long Island, which is known to be like one of the, like there's Nassau and Suffolk and usually like they went like Suffolk County usually wins like the championship for New York. Like it's usually Northport who my head coach from um, travel was the coach of, but so it was very competitive. My high school, we didn't do the best. Like we, yeah, we didn't really do the best. But I mean, it was still fun, and I it still got me where I was at. You know, I uh, I joined the team in high school in eighth grade on varsity. Oh wow! So yeah, so I was playing with twelfth graders since eighth grade, and then my like I'm gonna say like tenth grade, I got like a leadership position on the team, which was pretty cool. And then, um, like eleventh and twelfth, I was like, like I I was still in that leadership position, which was pretty cool. So, I I think, um, yeah, it was just like it just helped me like be more of a leader. And I think that's what uh, a lot of with where I'm assuming we'll get into later with my mental health stuff, like just wanting to help people. Like I think that like sort of started from like my high school leadership position, honestly. Like just making sure everyone's and like where they need to be and everything like that. I like that a lot. I would yeah. actually like to, yeah, we'll, we'll dissect a little bit more about the leadership aspect because that's a, that's a big, that's one of those life lessons. I think that sports can teach you regardless of what sport it is, is leadership. Yeah. If you allow it to some, some people are not meant to lead and they, they are the ones who are to do their role and, and whatnot. And that's totally fine too, but there's born leaders as well. And those who are not necessarily born to be leaders, but they're bred to be leaders and they they figure it out. And I, and, and I think you can take that into your regular life as well. Um, as you were training in, in high school, I guess maybe it was before that. Cause you were in eighth grade when you were starting on varsity. That's wild. Um, when did you know that like, Hey, I have a chance to play at the, the next level and not even just the next level, like at a high level at the next level. When did you actually know that that was a possibility for you, Kiara? See, that wasn't until like, maybe like, I always like knew I wanted to play like probably from sixth grade I was like I want to go d1 but I never really believed I could until like honestly until I got my offer from Pitt like I never I don't really had I didn't really have confidence in myself playing and travel because of like the team I was on like I didn't really have that much confidence but um yeah I didn't really think that it was gonna happen until I got my offer from my coach now wow okay yeah. so um, what was the recruiting process like for you guys, I guess, for, for lacrosse? Like, did you, were you sending out letters and highlight films and so forth? I just want to know what it's like for the lacrosse side of things. Yeah. So for lacrosse, um, I would reach out to coaches, send letters. And then my team, we had all our film, um, on huddle. Mm -hmm. It was just on there, but I know some kids, they make their own highlight reels, but I never made my highlight reel because, um, with the team I was on, like you would. Like, starting in, like, sixth, seventh grade, like, you would go to a tournament, you'd play, and there would be coaches on the sideline, like, that young. Like, so it was pretty, like, if the coach saw you, they couldn't reach out. There, You used to be able to reach out before. Um, like, I had some kids on my team commit in seventh grade, but then they made a rule that you can't talk um, until, I believe it's, I don't want to say the wrong thing. It might be junior year. Okay. Oh, no, sophomore year. Like, September 1st of 
Yeah, September 1st of your junior year is when coaches can start reaching out to you now. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. See, that's, that's good to know, but yeah. you guys, you guys had coaches there. You were, you had the exposure there. Um, but you also had, you were reaching out to coaches. How, like just for the younger athletes that are listening to this, what, whatever sport they might be playing. I have a lot of listeners that are either parents, mm -hmm. coaches, or younger athletes that are in the high school range. What would you say Kira would be like, how often were you reaching out to coaches yourself? Like how often were you proactively doing your recruiting? Because I think some kids think it's just going to happen for them um, overnight and it's not yeah. necessarily the case. So I want to know from somebody like yourself, who's done it before. I, every tournament before every tournament, I would reach out. I would email the uh, teams I was interested in and I would just, just give them my spiel and just say, I'm interested in going there and just send them my schedule and all that stuff. But yeah, before every tournament I would. What's up, guys? Just want to take a quick break and give a shout out to today's sponsor of the podcast. Like I said in the introduction, it's Ripped Nutrition, locally owned and operated hardcore supplement store here in Boise. They're off of Milwaukee. I'll put the address in the description here of the podcast. You guys can see it there, but they are amazing. I got, I've gone there for my own stuff. They've got the exclusive Ripped series for products, but they've also got Hyped Sups, Insane Labs, Bucked Up, Innova Farm, Chaotic Labs, and a lot more. So if you guys enjoy those brands, go in there and check it out. Or if you haven't tried the Ripped series supplements that they have, go check those out too. And the best thing is, if you have questions on those, the owner will give you the information that you need. So Matt's in there. He's offering free one-on-one -on -one and group supplement consultations. So if you guys have questions on what you want to take as you're getting ready for the off-season and trying to you know, get bigger, stronger, and faster... Go check it out. Ask him, um, and he can he can help you out with it. And they've got some awesome proteins by High Tech, Astroflave, True Fit, and Mutant. Um, they're just awesome. They've got everything for weight loss, muscle building, just pre workouts, uh, post workouts. And the best thing is, man, they've they've also got some non stems. So if you're like me and you were trying to you know wean yourself off of caffeine for a little while to let your adrenals have a break, they've got non stems too. But they've got everything on the shelves. He'll help you out. Hit up Rip Nutrition in Boise on Milwaukee. Check it out, guys. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Appreciate you letting us know that too. Yeah, of course. Okay. We want to know the, the, um, training side of things too. So for women's lacrosse, you know, we, we talk about football. There's a lot of like physical, you know, you know, you got to yeah. go to the weight room. You got to live in the weight room, basketball, similar, you know, there's a lot of sports wrestling, similar. How's women's lacrosse. So like, how was the weight room and the training like for you guys, especially in high school, as you were getting prepared, you know, to go to the next level. And even on travel ball, like, did you guys have to, you know, have a specific workout routine what's what's the training like so if there's somebody out there listening to this they, they kind of have an idea of what to expect of what the training is like if you really want to compete at a high level yeah so my high school we never did weightlifting but i did weightlifting on my own so i um i joined a couple different gyms and i i like think i locked in maybe like weightlifting on a regular basis i want to say i started seventh eighth grade i was and then i took some time off from it and then ninth tenth i was going probably like three times a week lifting four times a week depending on my um schedule there but i mean i want to say the biggest thing for lacrosse is your fitness like endurance all that and then your stick work like wall ball like i that is the biggest thing like if you, like that is like it's just something you can work on and get better you know like some people like are born with IQ and like it just comes to them and then other people don't have as much as IQ you could work on that but like stick work you could just always do like wall ball and everything like that and it, it makes such a difference like coaches coach college coaches look for stick work and I and like speed and endurance you know interesting so yeah. stick work this is what's funny i had a buddy of mine in high school who, who played lacrosse mm -hmm. uh and i never under because it wasn't that popular here and he would always he'd always be walking around whether it was a church activity whether it was a school whatever just like kids that have a basketball and they carry a ball with yeah. them all day well he had a stick and a lacrosse ball which some of the teachers didn't like him walking around the hallway like that but he had a stick and lacrosse, and he would always just be doing his thing yeah. and yeah. i could not figure it out i was like how do i do this so yeah. I, like i take it and it was so easy for him to like go back and forth and like be able to, to do the work you'd fling that sucker you could catch it really quick and just what do you call it a cradle i don't remember like yeah, there's cradle, there's certain yeah. terminology that I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to learn but um i guess what what would you rate your stick work kiera like as far as like what on a scale of one to ten where's your stick work at do you got mad handles like a like a handling like if we're talking basketball somebody's got crazy handles like what's your stick work like i mean i don't know it my coaches at school say i have a uh, very very good stick work which is which is nice and my okay. dad's always said it, but yeah, I mean, I always, I always like did a lot of wall ball as a kid and it, 
it shows and it, it makes a difference because it's I mean it's not something you can forget what to do but like you could get rusty like if you don't do wall ball for like a few weeks like you'll like you you'll notice like someone will notice and what my coach at school uh boss coach ball she always says like the wall will never say no to you like you could just find a wall and just throw a ball and that's it like it just makes that much of a difference you know totally yes yeah. so good to know okay awesome you know, Kira, as you're going from the high school level, well, before we get that, I want to ask you, what was your favorite memory as a high school, you know, athlete with lacrosse? Do you have a favorite memory from the high school days? Yeah, I do. It's actually a very specific memory. So I, uh, since I was on a team since eighth grade, I like was with these girls, like the, the year above me or no, sorry, two years above me for years and, um, their senior year, we have a, we have a senior game every year and we were getting like smack like we were getting crushed and then like at halftime I think someone said like you guys just like it's like our senior game like it's your senior game like just have fun so I remember like I like walked out on the field and I never really show emotions on the field but I was like crying because I was like like my buddies who like helped me like just I don't know like kind of like raised me in a way like the lacrosse way I don't know if that really makes sense but like it was like they're leaving me you know so I was pretty upset and then um we just like we just started having fun and I remember I like threw a pass like bombed the pass like downfield to like one of my buddies and she just like behind the back scored and like I just ran up to her and like gave her like the biggest hug and it was just like we just started having fun like we started scoring it was like we still lost but like at the end of the day like like, that's just a memory I have. Like, that's, like, my most specific memory from lacrosse, like, even now in college, I feel like. Yeah, that's something yeah. you're probably going to take with you for a long yeah, time yeah. because I'm, I mean, like I said, I'm 34, and uh, we still talk about some high school basketball memories. From yeah, I mean, yeah. Some of them are losses, too. Some of them are our locker room experiences. Some of them are about what the coach was saying and how we were laughing behind his back, like, stuff like that. That's, like, mm -hmm. the coolest part of it. You know, for you guys, it'd be the sisterhood aspect of the sport like you bond there's a lot of cool little things that mm -hmm. way so like there's things that people just don't realize that wins losses yeah that's part of the game but there's a lot of stuff on the back end like those emotions that you were experiencing there that's pretty cool yeah you know kiera as you go into the college realm this is where kind of the story gets you know it, it's it's interesting because you're yeah. you know growing up and you're going into the college world um not only with athletics but just as an adult in general right there's a lot of mm -hmm. stuff and a lot of pressures that are going on so um this is the kind of the point of the conversation where we'll probably talk about some uncomfortable things um, yeah. for some people. So I'll just let you know, we're going to be talking about some mental health uh, things, but I think it could be very like some topics I should say, not just things, but it can be very insightful um, for some people. So I'd encourage you, you all right now to listen to this because it's not just sports. We're going to be talking about the mental health aspect as well. Um, and it could be very, very helpful for, for some people out there that need to hear this. So let's talk about the transition from high school to college. What was the biggest transition? Was it, was it the living? Was it the athletics? Was it the the academics? Like the schedule? Like talk to us about the actual transition from going from high school to, to college and not only just as a student, but as an athlete. Yeah. So if we back it up a little bit, I had uh, a ton of stuff like go down my senior year. Um, should I briefly touch it for the people who aren't aware? Yeah, let's, let's, let's hear what, what happened your senior year. Yes. Yeah. Please. So, um, it started off, I got my wisdom teeth out in October of my senior year, and I got sick. I, like, lost all my muscle that I worked for in the gym, like, 13 pounds. And it was, it was like, just seeing that, like, change in my body alone, like, that was, that was really tough because, like, everything I worked for, like, was just gone, you know? I got, uh, like, a bacterial infection from the antibiotics because I wasn't taking probiotics, which was big mistake so if you get your wisdom teeth out take probiotics but uh I then a few months later I got COVID and it it rocked me I had heart and lung issues up until for two two years previous um so yeah I got COVID and then I also this is a trigger for anyone listening I uh faced an assault my senior year and that was tough so then all of that I took into me took into college like all that trauma and just the healing I needed to do like I got to college and I just I was at the my lowest of my lows and like my 
I, I kept everyone in the dark and no one really knew about it. I mean, my parents knew about that, like what was going on, but they didn't know the extent of everything. So I kind of felt going into college, like extremely on my own because I didn't really have anyone I felt like to reach out to, even though I had all these people, it was just, I just like kept it to myself, which was tough. So that went into lacrosse. I went into my academics that like everything, like it went into, like, I wasn't able to play because of my COVID symptoms still. So that was tough on my mentals too. Like I would run and I would have like an asthma attack. I would pass out like up until like my, up until I want to say like the end of my like freshman year. And I redshirted because of that reason. And then I also like a big part of my redshirt was my mentals, which my parents, they didn't know that was a big part about it, but it was like, I'm not here physically. I'm not here mentally. Like if I play, like I'm not gonna be able to play because of my physical like aspects. And then just mentally, like it was just, I just thought it was going to be too much, you know? That's a lot. That yeah. is a lot. Um, wow. So I'm trying to like process it all too, because I'm trying to picture if I were you, it's actually like, I can feel like the stress in my chest as I'm like mm -hmm. putting myself in your position, going through what you went through. I mean, it stemmed from getting your wisdom teeth pulled. Let's just go yeah. like as something getting your wisdom teeth pulled, some side effects that came with the antibiotics that you'd taken, a yeah. sickness that hit you. <laughs> what some people don't realize, like when you get sick, um, especially as an athlete and you mentioned like losing weight, I want to just like touch base on that. Yeah. Um, a lot of us actually understand that, but some people don't realize that like when I was in basketball, I got really sick my senior year as well. And I mm -hmm. lost like seven or eight pounds, but it was all muscle. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. It, and it all, all it took was like four days for me. It was like four mm -hmm. days. And all of a sudden, like I was, I was throwing up all the time. I could do it. And I was, I was so sick. So even, and what my friend didn't mean to say it this way, but he saw me, he came to check on me at the house and he goes, Whoa, dude, you got skinny. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, dude. Like I, and it, it like messed me up because then it takes yeah, exactly. you like two or three months to try to get back into the gym and, and get everything. So that's just one little mental aspect of it all. It's like so hard that people don't even realize. Like, yeah. Oh, and then with that, like I lost all my weight, but then I couldn't like work out to get it back because of how severe my symptoms were from COVID. So it was like kind of like a double whammy. It was like, I had like a heart monitor on, like I was not allowed to work out. Like the doctor told me like, if you work out, like you could, like you could die. Like it was like, you, we don't know what's going on. Like it was in the midst of COVID too. So like, they didn't really know the extent of it. So like, and I don't like, I like always like would work out, you know? And it's just like, that was just tough. And that was when I think, well, I know like that's when my like anxiety started to happen because of like all these doctor's appointments. Like I had no answers. I didn't know what was going on with my body. And then like, like my depression too. So it probably felt like, yeah. And like you said, it was, that was when you got COVID, that was probably like at the, the beginning stages of like, I should say beginning the first year or so of this like pandemic. Yeah. So there's a lot of, like there's a lot of panic um warranted or not like so nobody knows what's going on the media says mm -hmm. this thing everyone's saying whatever so like there's not a lot of information that's accurate out there so to speak so like you're, you probably have a lot of that going on like there's so much noise you've gotten stuff taken away from you that you're used to having like your body's been taken away from you essentially because you're not mm -hmm. used like you can't work out you can't do those things your sport has been taken away from you essentially when you get and, and you probably felt like you weren't in control of anything I would imagine yeah, no. you're probably like you're out of control. And that's, that's a scary feeling when you feel like you don't have control of mm -hmm. situations. That's when anxiety and depression can kick in. And then you mentioned um, the assault uh, yeah. that, that had occurred. And that is also scary. I don't want to just brush over that. I mean, we don't need to go into detail, but that is mm -hmm. a very important piece because while your, your mind and your heart and your soul are already struggling with things, you also experienced that. Um, and that's just, that's not okay. Like there's so many things that happen to you. And then you have to like, as an adult, you're like, okay, well, here's the next stages of life. And you never really got to, I'm assuming get to get that out. Um, yeah, exactly. So you're over at Pitt and you're dealing with all this trauma. Um, and you mentioned that your parents, they knew what was going on, but they didn't know the extent of it. I'm curious, did, did you guys have anybody at the athletic facility there? Like that can help with any of oh, that? Oh yeah. Yeah. So Pitt athletics, shout out to them because they, uh, they're incredible. Like my coach, my, my coaches are incredible with mental health, you know? Um, so when I got to school, we all had all these meetings and they gave us right away, like, 
peers, like the therapists you could have, like Pitt Athletics, they're set therapists for just the athletes. So, I mean, right away I started meeting with the uh, therapists there and my coaches, they didn't know about this stuff really. Um, so, I mean, I was still meeting with the therapist, but things got bad with me quick. I mean, um, if you saw in my article, like I was self-harming for a, a very long time. Um, and my, like the turning point with that was like, um, it got to a point where my uh, teammates were concerned for me and they reached out to my coaches, which was like, that wasn't until like the second half of the year. So I was, I was in the dark until like the second half of the year. And then once my teammates reached out, I mean, I was pretty annoyed that they did, but like looking back at it, like, like that could be the reason why I'm still here, you know, like just because my teammates cared about me, they reached out to my coaches and my coaches, they just went full in to help me. Like they were just there for me all the time. And it just like, it just, it just made the biggest difference. And not everyone has people or like coaches that are so caring, you know, like, or there for like mental health. Totally. Which is another topic that is like bigger on, on itself, you know? No, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up though, because yeah. I've had people on the show. I've had mental consultants on the show who are coaching um, mm -hmm. in the collegiate realm because they're trying to make that just as big of a, they have, they'll pay hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars for a strength and conditioning coach and program, but they don't, not all colleges pay for like the mental conditioning and so yeah, forth. Exactly. And just having yeah. that, those resources there. Um, but some do. And so we're trying to make it more known and, and trying to get the word out there. So I'm glad that you brought that up. I'm glad that Pitt has some infrastructure there and, and coaches that actually care. And, you know, yeah. I, I think that part of it's ignorance. I think some people just don't know. Some coaches just don't know how to handle like mental health. Maybe they're a little more old school, you know, with, with the yeah, exactly. how things work. And so it's just like, Hey, push through it, push through the pain. You know, you, you fight like as a boxer, you know, myself, I, my coaches yeah. are always that way. Hey, you bust your nose. Okay. We'll breathe out your mouth and let's go. And we'll fix your nose when the fight's over. Like that's how it always was. And so I just think coaches might not know. Some of them just don't care and that's unfortunate, but some of them don't know. And so that's the whole point of this. I hope they're listening and they can take notes because like yeah. you want to be able to like understand that this is a big piece. A lot of your athletes that you're working with are probably dealing with something that you don't know about. So we need to like do a better job at getting that. So my, my question for you, Kiara, is this, so your teammates, they found out, but you said it was halfway through the season. So second half of the season, they kind of like noticed things were pretty bad. But like, what are some of the signs either teammates or coaches should be looking for, for an athlete, but maybe the athlete's scared to actually talk about it. So maybe they're in your position where they don't want to necessarily talk about it. They want to handle it themselves, whether it's self-harm or they just go deep into a dark spot in their mind, whatever. They don't want to talk about it. So what are some of the signs you think that, you know, coaches or other teammates could be looking for? Yeah. So I think, I think it's different for everyone. Um, I could touch on with what I dealt with myself, but um, so with me, when I was like down and whatever, like I I would hide it. Like no one, like I would go and like hang out with everyone and I would be like myself. Like I'd have a smile on my face, but like there were times where I would just isolate myself. I would just like, like just stay in my room. You know, my room was just a mess. Like it was just so messy. Um, Definitely I wasn't eating. So that's another thing. And just like, I don't know, I feel like, it's different for everyone, but just little things, like a little thing, like if someone is usually like all this like happy person and then like, like you just start to see that little change, like that could be something. And, and another thing is like, it doesn't have to be as like, as bad as it gets, like one little, like the, I always say like everything, everyone's issue is just as bad as the next. Like, even if it's like someone says it's not, like it's like it still is you know so like don't like dismiss something because like oh this person went through this and now like this person is just like a little sad like it doesn't matter like that's still a change like that's still someone's mental health and it could just like lead to worse you know totally yeah um so let's say they start to recognize these signs right let's say like they're a friend of yours or a teammate of yours mm -hmm. right and they're starting to see like okay maybe she's not eating um, as much she's not as happy maybe something something just seems a little off and whether or not that could just be like maybe she's homesick they might not they might not know what's going on uh what's something that i could like say 
to like bring that yeah, up just, without offending you. So we went over a lot of this stuff with the hidden opponent. It's just like, like have them like not in like a big room with like people, obviously just like by your, but like one-on-one just be like, Hey, I noticed this, like bring out what you notice and just be like, if there's anything going on, like I'm here for you. I could get you the help you need, you know, just like sort of like say, Hey, I noticed this. And if you're not doing okay, like, let me know, let someone know, like, there's people out there to help. And that, that makes the biggest difference because, like, I had teammates, like, who noticed things and they said that to me. And it just, like, like, it just, it made a difference, you know, it just, it just makes you feel less alone. Totally. That's, that's a, that's a big piece is like not wanting to feel alone when, like, that's, that's the sad part about when someone's going through depression or anxiety, speaking Mm -hmm. from experience for myself. If you're going through something that's very dark, you feel super, super alone. Um, yeah. And that's and you don't want to feel more alone. So like, if you can help somebody feel like, okay, they're not alone, even just if it's something small. I at least for me, like that that was super, super helpful in my life. Yeah. You no. Know, exactly. Kiara, as uh, you know, you started to get the help that you needed from you know teammates, coaches, the the staff over there, and I guess family members too. What was I guess. I wouldn't say the turning point necessarily. The turning point is a weird way to say it, but because I'm sure you'll you still probably battle with these things. It's not like it just solved. You'll yeah. probably still battle with things as you go on throughout your life because this is just part of it. But I guess what was the turning point in regards to being able to manage it? Is the way I would phrase that question. Um. So I want to say the turning point. My so my family they didn't know about anything I went through until maybe a month before well like what I was doing like all that stuff like they didn't realize like how bad my depression was until maybe a month before I posted that article oh wow so they they really were in the dark but the turning point for me was like after my teammates told my coaches like my coaches they just reached out to me all the time like if I was having there were a few times where I um was late to a game because I had a panic attack or something and my coaches like they didn't yell at me they were just like that's okay like whatever you need like we're here for you so I want to say like that was my turning turning point like noticing that these people are here for me like they do care and they're genuinely just here to help me you know and just like that that was just the biggest difference for me because once I saw that these people care and that they're here to help me I was like well, then now I need to like start helping myself. You know, I need to like put the work in, like go to therapy and just like, like I was going to therapy, but I wasn't taking it seriously. Like I kind of just like dismissed everything I was going through, but like just they helped me realize the severity of everything and just all that, you know? Totally. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome to hear. Like just, it's cool to hear it from somebody who's been there because there's so Mm -hmm. many people, uh, that's why that that website we were, we keep talking about it's called yeah. the hidden opponent. Like it's it's hidden. Like there's so many people going through stuff, but and it's becoming more and more open now. People are starting to share more stories with it. But I feel like it's still one of those things that like you know people need to hear it because yeah, there's so a lot of people. Go ahead, go ahead. Another thing is the hidden opponent helped me a lot. I was like I was in the dark, and then I would read these people's stories and see that they went through something I'm going through, and it just like just having that that source there and just seeing that these there's other athletes going through this like it just it made the biggest difference and then um so now with that is i'm i'm trying to start sort i want to call it like a blog or like a website where i like all it is it's going to be is like just where people athletes past or present can just share their stories you know like and it's just going to have mental health resources on it and then just a bunch of athletes stories just because since that helped me so much I just want to make another platform where someone can just like read someone's story and just maybe just make a little bit of a difference you know 100% yeah that's that that's that's so awesome that you're doing that I think it's it's a shout out to you know so many people hate social media and and just anything but like I've experienced on my podcast I'm sure there's going to be more that will come and, and DM me about your story like randomly you never know who you're going to reach so if you have a platform shout out to the people that utilize social media for the better right Mm -hmm. like they use got an instagram page and a website where they they've got all these stories on it like yourself like i was able to come across those 
because of that platform. You were able to get help because of that platform. Yeah, exactly. Uh, people have listened to this podcast and sometimes they get help from this podcast because of the interviews with the guests like yourself. Like mm -hmm. if you can utilize your skill sets and your story and the stories of others and utilize the you know social media and, and the internet for the better, but there's a lot of bad out there, but if you can utilize it for the, the better, you can help a lot of people because you can reach people quick and you yeah. never know who, who needs to see it. You never know who someone like yourself will, will be reading those things and, and come across those stories or hear them or whatever. Just so, so awesome. That's cool that you're doing that too. I, yeah, I, I look sure, forward to seeing yeah. that. That'll be sweet. Yeah. yeah. So that's on the works. And then um, after I submitted my story, the feedback I got from people was incredible. I, I didn't realize like, I mean, I must have gotten like close to like 300, 400 people reach out to me, like thanking wow. me for sharing my story, saying that like it, it made a difference in their lives or like just, it was incredible. And that just really like made clarity for me too. And I, I like, now I want to go into a profession with mental health and just like, if I could use my experience to help one person, then that's, that's all I want, you know? Totally. Yeah. That is so cool. That's, that's, I love it. I love how, you know, life kind of takes you in different directions, um, depending mm -hmm. on, you know, your life experiences. And it shows that like, you know, you're utilizing some of those experiences to like help you out, you know, post athletics career, most likely. Right. So yeah. you're going to be kind of going down that yeah, field. That's, that's the plan. Yeah, 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 exactly. So Kiara, so, you know, you started to get your mental health on track, you know, manageable, obviously that's, I always use those words because it's not just cured. Like everybody's mental health is something that you have to take care of, just like your physical fitness, you got to take care of it uh, consistently, but you've got that into, into a point where it's manageable and you're back to competing. Um, talk to us about what it's like to be back on the field and being back with your teammates and being able to, to, to feel a little bit stronger mentally. Now, um, do you feel like you, do you have a, like, I guess a reborn feeling in a sense of like, okay, yeah. I'm back at it. Let's go. So I was actually, I just, I got this ask, uh, asked a couple months ago and it's just like with my physical and mental, like I was off the field for a whole year, you know, like I actually two years and just coming back. It's just like, I came back and I was just like, okay, like I'm ready like to play and everything. And like conf my confidence grown and like I see that in my own play like I've never like had confidence playing but like I don't know why but like after all this stuff I kind of think I think it was like I owe it to myself to just like have this confidence and just play and it just like I made such a difference like I just feel like I'm just in I don't know just on the field like I just feel so much better so much confident and it's just it's 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 awesome and I'm excited for this season that is so cool. You go yeah. through some struggles, right? And then yeah. you, you get shattered into a ton of pieces. But when you get built back up, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I can go through some hard stuff. Let's go. And you get, yeah, you get yeah. confidence. That is that is dope. I love that. I love hearing that. Um, I guess I would ask you this. Uh, okay. Now that you're kind of back into it full throttle, your, your first year's there, you know, the first year there, there was a lot going on. And now you're kind of like back at it full throttle. Now I'll ask you, if you can compare it to the to the the high school days, what is the biggest transition from the skill set of lacrosse at the college level compared to that of high school? Oh, it's it's totally it's totally different. College okay. is college is just you're you're there and you're running. It's just a constant grind. It's just you. I mean, like you just need to be on top of everything, working out. Like they just totally focus, you know, and like. You, you like you have like you have fun like I have fun like every practice I'm having fun you know but like you need to you need to lock in like in high school I feel like I didn't take it as serious as at like I didn't really take it that seriously now but like now like if you don't put in the work like it'll show you know and that's just like the biggest difference I think skill wise and everything like that. Totally. So what's the yeah. uh, what's the day look like for for a women's lacrosse player like yourself like practices school and so forth what does a day look like for you guys so for my team we um we practice so there's like 20 hour weeks and 40 hour weeks there's like wait i'm sorry that's wrong there's like different <laughs> there's like different like hour weeks like throughout the season so like when we go back we're in like the height of it so like we have the most amount of stuff to do so like we'll practice we'll practice from 8 to 10 and then we'll have um, either conditioning or lift from like ten fifteen to eleven fifteen, and then we'll have class, 
And then, um, like, the next day, we'll have the same thing. And then sometimes we have some meetings to do and then film and all that. So, like, I want to say it's, like, training three hours a day for, like, five days a week in, the like, the head of it and then class and meetings and all that stuff. So how do you balance schoolwork as an athlete? I want to know this because some people don't realize that there's schoolwork you still got to be yeah. doing. Um, how are you able to manage the schoolwork on top of the training? So you just have to find what works for you. So personally, like last year when I had everything going on, like I didn't go to class, like I skipped everything. And I mean, I suffered with my academics and I was almost not eligible this year and it was tough. So this year I took a different approach. I am in these asynchronous online classes. So it's like you teach yourself um, you, like there's like videos posted, all the everything posted and you teach yourself and you do it. Everything's due by the end of the week. So that's what works for me, like not having that class that I need to go to because like I'll train and I'll be tired, you know, but I know a lot of uh, like a bunch of my teammates, like they'll have practice and then they'll like take a nap and go to class. Like you just need to like prioritize your physical health so you can be able to get through the day. Like you need to, if you need to take a nap, take a nap. And then you need to fuel yourself to get through that day to give you energy, like drink water, stay hydrated. So you can go to practice, go to class and then do it all again. Like the next day, you know, just need to take care of yourself physically so you could be there mentally and then just get what you need to do, get it done. I love all that insight. Yeah. This is awesome. I, I am, I'm going to remind everybody who's listening to this, rewind this if you have to and take notes. Um, yeah. if, you, if you, if you've got some golden nuggets from Kiara right now, just take some notes. That's, that's awesome. I think there's a lot of athletes that I've coached that are going to have a rude awakening when they get to the college level of <laughs> athletics. Cause they think they're just going to go there. You've got to be able to manage your time. I oh yeah. I, that was a big thing with me. I, I'm, I did not manage my time properly. And yeah. So, so I'm sure that was a, a pretty big wake up call, right? As kids are going oh, yeah. to bed at two o'clock, waking up whenever noon. I'm like, dude, no, can't yeah. do that. Cause there's some sports where you're getting up at six for a lift, go to class, come back for practice in mid afternoon. Like there's, there, everyone's schedules are a little different. Yours is, you know, obviously you shared yours. Yeah. But you're going to have to figure out <laughs> the time yeah, balance yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, and man. sleep, sleep is a big thing too. You need to make sure you're having enough sleep or else you're just going to be like, you're just going to be drained, you know? I'm so glad you shared all of that because I had Trevor Moad on my show. Rest in peace. Trevor Moad was a mental consultant for Russell Wilson, quarterback in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Had Trevor on my show before he passed away from cancer. And one of the biggest things he talked about was like hydration and sleep. He was talking about these athletes. He used to work for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, there was running back for them back in the day, Fred Taylor. Fred kept getting hurt and he wasn't he wasn't going to get his second contract in the NFL. They were about to not re-sign him. So that's a lot of money he's about to lose. He wanted yeah. to be able to make some more money. So he's trying to make it to a second contract. Kept pulling his hamstring. Every single year, he'd be out for like six weeks for the pulled hamstring. And they were trying to work with him. He was depressed because of it. He was going through a lot of anxiety because he was not going to make a second contract. Trevor Moad told me that, Kiara. He said the same thing you were just saying. He's talking about like sleep and the importance of that and hydration. Well, he said, um, you know, Fred, during his rookie year of the NFL and his first two or three seasons of the NFL, he'd go out to the nightclubs and stuff. He finally had money for the first time in his life. So he's going out to the nightclubs getting, you know, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. And then he's coming to practice at seven o'clock. And, you know, you can do that when you're younger and be just fine for a little while. But what they noticed was like, they said, Hey, let's go to bed earlier. So they focused on sleep. Let's mm -hmm. make sure you're getting a full seven to eight hours each night. And so what he would do is he'd, he'd make sure he stayed disciplined to that. Well, what that in turn did, he was more hydrated because he wasn't drinking alcohol. He was more hydrated because he was like actually focused on like keeping his body healthy and he was getting the right amount of sleep. So it all kind of dominoed together. And you know, yeah. the, the rest was history. He actually made his, he, he stayed healthy for a full year, ran over a thousand yards, uh, got a second contract. So he got to, you know, make some good coins. So it's just, it starts when you're younger though, if you can build those habits, hydration, yeah, definitely. Sleep, all those things, take care of your body. It also helps you with your mind. Um, yeah. so as we're finishing up right now, um, I, I, I just want to, before I get into the last three questions, like for the guru's gauntlet, which is just going to be like, bang, bang, bang. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you this. What is next for, you know, Kiara Feibush? What is next for you? What's the next steps for Kiara? I mean, I still have some things going on and I need to work on. So kind of just getting myself healed, you know, just that. And then that'll just make me feel better physically. And then really want to lock in to like lacrosse. Like I've been like putting in a lot of extra work to just like lock in. Like I'm just 
I just like I'm at the point where I owe it to myself. I owe it to my family who's been waiting to just like lock in and just get going. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm rooting for you. You got yeah, a fan in me. You. That's for that's for dang sure. And I'm hoping the listeners here will be following you and, and following your journey. So we're cheering for you as well. That's that's awesome. Um, this is the new segment in 2023 called the Guru's Gauntlet. We're going to ask you three questions to wrap up the show. So starting the Guru's Gauntlet, Kiera, what's the biggest life lesson that lacrosse has taught you that you can implement into your daily life? I want to say that your teammates or your family, like just be there for each other. Like that, that's just the biggest thing it taught me. Like everyone on your team, like they care about you. They want you to do your best and just, just be a good person. Just be a good teammate and just, just be there for each other. And that's, that's pretty much that. Yeah. What's the biggest piece of advice you'd give to younger athletes? Like what you wish you would have known before you got to the college level of athletics. We've touched base on it already a little bit, but mm -hmm. what's the biggest piece of advice that you wish you would have known uh, before you went to college? To put yourself first a little bit to make sure you're taking care of yourself. It, it's it's a lot. It's a big transition and a lot hits you at once. And it's just like if you need to take a second and just step back and look at everything, like do that and, and don't feel bad about it. Like just and just know like, like there are people there for you. There's resources. And just if you need help, reach out and just just put the work into, you know. Love it. What's the best advice you've ever been given by a mentor of yours? I want to say from my mom, um, just, just like if you are feeling something, like let yourself feel that and step back, as I said before, and just like tackle it, just tackle it and just, just know like how strong you are and just, just stay on top of it. Absolutely love it. Kiara Feibush, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say thank you, Kiara. Thank you for joining the show, uh, taking the time out of your day, out of your break um, to be able to share your story. And like I said before, we're looking forward to following your journey. You got a fan in all of us. So thank you so much for, for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. For those who are out there, if you guys enjoyed the show, make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you thought about it. And we'll be coming to you next week with another interview. Take care. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.